right, good morning. Good to see you guys. Oh, okay, not good to see me. <laughs> hey, uh, we are in a series, we are in a series about ecclesia. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church, and it has a very specific meaning that we have been talking about and trying to um, kind of get our, our heads and our hearts around. <clears throat> ecclesia was a technical word in the first century, and it meant that group of people that in a given like a city, and, and back then they were like, cities were kind of city-states, they were their own countries almost in Greece, and it was that when the citizens of that city-state would get together, and they'd call together a meeting specifically to do the work of that, of that city-state, okay? So if they needed voting done, if they had a crisis that had, or whatever it was, they would call the citizens together, and they'd call that the ecclesia. And when the church decided, what, what are we going to call ourselves? It wasn't just, uh, let's call ourselves the get-together. It wasn't that. It wasn't, uh, let's call ourselves the religious organization. It wasn't that. They said, let's call ourselves the ecclesia, because we are the people that God has called together to do the work of the kingdom, right? And we do that here. A lot of times we come into church, and, and we've been trained to think that what, what church is about is you come and you just sit and you, you kind of take it in, you know? And there are a lot of churches that kind of lean really hard to that model where people just show up and it's a great, it's a great show and it's a great you know, message or whatever, but that's not what the church is. That's not ecclesia. Ecclesia is when the people of God come together and we do the work of the kingdom. Amen? Yeah, you're going, oh, no, I came on the wrong Sunday. Uh. <clears throat> what the, what, uh, so um, when we talk about like what Matt and Ryan were talking about um, sometimes we get timid about talking about finances. You guys have done amazing. The generosity of this church over the last couple of months. Um, we, I know that Matt came up here a few times and he said, you know what, there's a need. And to see this congregation say, okay, well, that's our business. That's the part of the kingdom stuff that God gave us to deal with. And so came together, brought brought what we had, and you guys, some of you very generously brought what you had, and as a result, see this, I mean, $90,000 is a big deal. That's not, that's not a drop in the bucket, I don't, I don't, for anybody. And so to see that kind of money come forward from you guys when that appeal, what these guys are talking about now is, you know, there's still work to do. What we wanna see is, we wanna see God develop in us a sustainable kind of way of getting behind this work so that God can do his work here. And we can continue to join together to do the work that he's called us to do, right? Because that's what ecclesia is. And God has called us here to do that work. Um, <clears throat> if someone were to write a short summary of what kind of to describe and define Christ's church and the impact that we've had kind of on our world and our surrounding community and the work that we do, what do you think that would sound like? What do you think that would include? Just think about that. Because in the first century, there's a guy named Theophilus, and he wanted to know more about the church of that day, that first kind of the early church in his day. And there was this follower of Jesus named Luke. Now, he had written also another gospel, the gospel of telling about the story of Christ. But he wrote, as, as a response to Theophilus, he wrote an account of the church, of the ecclesia. And it came to be known as the Acts of the Apostles, or many of you guys know it as the Book of Acts. And so in our Bibles, we have this kind of early account. And in Acts 2, 42 through 47, he gives this brief description, the short summary of what was going on, what was going on and what was the impact 
that the church was having. So stand with me. We're going to take a look at this and hear this account that Luke had written about what was going on in this church early on. And this is what he wrote, Acts 2, 42 through 47. Those who had been followers of Jesus were continually devoting themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, or sharing with one another. That's literally what it means. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many signs and wonders were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had come to faith and joined with them also practiced these same things and had all things in common. They even began selling their property and possessions so that they could share with anyone who, have, who might have need in this new community. Day after day, they showed their fervent devotion in the temple, and in house after house, they broke bread together and shared these meals with loud, I love this, they shared these meals with loud shouts of joy. It, it sounds, it's like a dinner party that all the neighbors are, might be complaining about, Right, except, but they had the singleness of of heart, so that they were praising God and having favor with all the people, including their neighbors. Okay, because they saw what was going on, and the Lord was adding to their number day after day those who were being saved. If someone wrote a short description of Christ Church, would it sound like that? Okay, I want you to think about that. What would what of those things would be found in our description? What of those things might be missing? What about the, the fervor? What would they say about the fervor that they, they heard uh, of this joy in this uh, expression in the temple? What about the sharing that went on and the way that the, the congregation takes care? What about the devotion to whether it's the apostles' teaching or to the, you know, the teaching of the word of God? What would be there and what would be missing? Because if, if this description doesn't sound like the description that would be told about our church, then it may be that we're not really being that ecclesia church that God intended. I want us to think about that because that's serious. Because the essence, the essence of, the, of what a church is, the ecclesia is, it is that group of people that God, his spirit, who he has rebirthed in Christ. Have you guys been born anew of God's spirit in Christ? You guys go, I don't know. Have you guys, are you in a relationship with Jesus? Do you know him? Because if so, he says, you've been rebirthed as one of God's own children. And he says, as a result, the Holy Spirit is coming and indwells you and you are empowered to do his work. Do you know that? That's who you are. And that's who the church is. But then we are called together by the church to come together to do the work of God's kingdom. That's what the church is. What do you think it would take for us to become more like that church in Acts 2? To sound more like that, that people would say, man, the fervor of their worship as they do that work of worship, that the care that they have for each other and the willingness they have to share whatever they have to take care of one another that, that devotion they have to just giving themselves to that work of, of prayer or to give themselves to that work of that where the Holy Spirit is, is digging in them and, and changing them, transforming them by the word of God. So that's what we're gonna do today, okay? Today I'm not gonna be so much preaching. 
okay? I'm going to be uh, facilitating because we need to start building the habit of when we come to this place, we don't come with bad habits, we come with the right habits, which is we are the people of God and we come together to do the work of the kingdom of God. And when you guys do that, I want you to hear this because do you know that when you worship, (laughs) when we join with heaven to worship, it says that even the thresholds of heaven shake when worship is going on. Do you know that? Now, we don't see earthquakes break out. In, in Acts, occasionally, an earthquake would even break out when the people would start to praise because it became on earth as it was in heaven, right? When you guys pray, mountains move. Now, you might not see a physical mountain move, but mountains move. Rulers are brought down. The poor and the, the afflicted are raised up. Prisoners are set free. Do you know that? When we do the work of the kingdom that we've been empowered to do and we've been called to do, it changes things. So you guys ready? Okay, let's pray. Father, we are here to hear your spirit speak to us and to make known to us your will. We are here because we wanna be your church. You called us. And I believe that when we were born anew, part of what was given to us, what was just buried deeply into our, just our, this new like spiritual DNA, this heart that you gave us, was this desire to join you and do the work of the kingdom, to see the kingdom come, to see your will done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe we were given just this desire to be a part of that. Because that's who we are now. We are yours. So, Father, uh, I pray that you would take the space that you would set apart for your work. That you would, that Holy Spirit, you would come and fill this space. That we would see Jesus clearly in the way that we need to so that we could remember what it is that we are here for. And that you would just start to ingrain these things in us. Start teaching us how to be your church. We pray these things in Your name, Father, for your glory in the name of your son, Jesus, in glory of all that he's done, in the power of your spirit, who makes this possible. Amen. Amen. All right, have a seat. Okay, so for the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, the church and this work that God has called us to do. And I hope one thing that you've heard, because I've said it regularly, is that there are five things. Now, I was thinking about this, and this is not in my notes, so... We might go long. No. Um, God has given us two hands. Hold up your two hands. And how many fingers on each hand do you have? On each hand. You have 10 on each hand. Holy cow. Okay. <laughs> Get a lot of work. Yeah. So five on each hand. You know what that means? You have one hand that helps you remember these five things. And you have a backup in case you forget what these are all about. Okay. Five things, five things that God has, taught, has told us. This is the work. What is it? It's prayer, okay? What, do, what does prayer mean? Conversations with God, intercessions for one another, and engaging in spiritual warfare. We did a whole series on that, how that we're equipped to pray, right? Prayer, second, worship, bringing God the honor. We don't think of this as a work at times, but we live in a world where God is defamed. God is robbed of of the glory and honor he deserves. And we as a church come together to make sure we give God the glory he deserves. 
right? And so it's not good enough. I mean, that's why they were fervent. They saw what Jesus had done. They saw what God had done and they knew what kind of honor he deserved, what kind of honor they, they owed to him for all that he had done and they brought it. And people saw the temple light up because all of a sudden the people of God were not just going through the motions, they were worshiping God. So we do that work of worship. We do the work of discipleship, which is where we let God transform us by his word. We take it in, we let him wrestle it. I mean, we wrestle with it and his spirit is wrestling with us so that we would be shaped to be like Jesus. We do the work of fellowship, again, which is this caring and connecting with God's family as we generously make everything we are and have available to one another. And outreach. Outreach, doing good in this world. You guys, just if we would do good in this world and make Jesus known. If we would show God's kindness and tell them the name of why we even bother to show that kindness. That's the work. So we're gonna start with prayer. Okay, we're gonna start with prayer. We're gonna start this morning doing the work of prayer. We've done this before a couple of weeks ago, but we're gonna use the Lord's Prayer that's found in Matthew 6, uh, 9 through 13. Many of you guys grew up with this. You know this prayer. But these are basically, and on, these, on, the, on the screen, you're gonna see this is the word for prayer in Greek. Just to let you know, there's a legitimate you know, thing that comes straight out of the Bible, just in case you're wondering. There is a work of prayer that we do. But this prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, it goes like this. You guys know it. But I want you to, I, I have it a little bit differently because I want us to see it broken down. Our Father in heaven, let your name be revered, let your kingdom come, and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let your name be revered on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this day, okay, new set of stuff, give us the bread we need for this day. Forgive us our debts the same way we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into trials and temptations, but rather deliver us from evil. Okay, that's the basic prayer. And then he closes with, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Um, I want us to go to prayer. I want you guys to just take some time. But I want us as we, to use this prayer as kind of the, our framework for how we pray. And I want, you to think, I want you to think of this prayer in two movements. There's the God movement, and then there's the our needs movement. And the God movement is about his name, his kingdom, his will. And that's where we start. And we start there, and then we move to our needs, which is about our sustenance, what we need, our forgiveness. Forgiveness and release from those sins, and then protection, right? Why do we start with God? Because if we're not clearly seeing God, we're not gonna fully, if we don't know who he is and we're not kind of, if we don't see that, we're not gonna trust him when we ask for what we need. And James says, if you don't believe that God's gonna give it to you when you ask it, why do you bother asking? You're not gonna receive what you're asking for because you're, you're double-minded. You're running towards God and away from him at the same time. So we start, Jesus says, start your name, your kingdom. So when you pray, I want us to take some time, and we're going to take a, chunk, a little chunk of time to just say, and this is not going to be a, a clinic on this, but just hope to take this and let it become a tool that you can regularly use when you come into this place 
where you say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Show me what I need to see. Is there some place, I want you to think about this, is there a place in my life or in my world where God is not receiving the glory he deserves, where some other name is taking the place of his? Maybe it's the name of a sickness that is receiving all the glory instead of the name of God as our healer, right? Maybe it's the name of anxiety that's getting all the press in your life instead of the God who is our peace. So when we face something like that, we say, God, let your name be glorified. Let your name be lifted up. Let your name take the front row and not this other name. And as a result, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So take some time and just ask the spirit to lead you in praying in that way and then move as he kind of, he takes you through that set and then move to your own where you say, God, there are some things I have. You guys, why do we move second to that? It's like, yeah, but I got important stuff. Do you know that? And, and if you take time to be with God, you'll realize, oh yeah, he already knows. We're not gonna tell him anything we need that he doesn't already know and that he's not already working on. We're not gonna tell him of any sins that we've committed that he, hasn't, he doesn't know about and that he has already, already paid the price to forgive, right? We're not gonna tell him about anything that may be upcoming or that we, a threat that we perceive is on the horizon that he's not already working to protect us and to navigate us through. Do you know that? That's why Philippians says we can go with our requests and we can make our requests with thanksgiving because we know he already knows because this is the God he is. That's the way we pray like that. That is the prayer of faith that Jesus taught us to pray. So can we pray that? Can we take time? You guys, we're not gonna pray in unison. We're not gonna pray. We're not gonna wait for somebody to lead out and let them pray loud enough and we'll all join them in that prayer. If you feel like God wants you to pray out something, that's fine, but we can all pray together. This is where we come together and we do the work. So we're gonna take some time and just go in and Let's do the work of prayer. Can we do that? Let's pray. This is your time. Okay, as we're entering into this time of prayer, as you went in, what did you notice? You know, one of the things that you may notice is that when you say, Father, let your name be revered, let it be lifted up, sometimes we don't know what his name is. Right? Do you guys know that God has, <laughs> God has made himself known as our shepherd? And not just our shepherd, like a bunch of sheep, but my shepherd. David said, the Lord, the name of God, it wasn't making a statement. He said, his name is the Lord, my shepherd. God has revealed himself as the Lord, our healer. The Lord God, Yahweh, who sets us apart as holy is unique, is different. The Yahweh, who is our righteousness. When we're not righteous enough, the righteousness of Christ is enough. Maybe that we need to know his name better if we're gonna get good at this thing called prayer, right? Maybe we need to know his kingdom. What does that mean, that his kingdom would come? That his will would be done? 
When we come together, we need to do this work of prayer. And there are times that you guys, there are, there are um, we're going to get better at this hopefully as we, as we work at it together and as we do this work. There are churches that when they come together and they pray, it gets loud. And it's not because everybody's waiting for somebody else to pray. They say, okay, let's pray. And people go at it. They do the work of prayer. Because sometimes prayer can be like that gut-wrenching kind of travail of it's just ripping you up. And they, just, they can step in it because they're ready. They come ready to do the work of prayer. You guys, we're going to learn. We got to. Right? Because we're the church. God's doing his work, but he's doing it through us. So he's called us to do it. Second, and you guys, I know we're blowing through this. We are, right? But I only have so much time because you guys, I don't know. Okay, um, second is this work of discipleship, right? What's the work of discipleship? The work of discipleship is when we let the spirit of God take the word of God and do this like interior surgery on our mind and our hearts and our lives and tell us this is what it means to be like Jesus, and I'm shaping you to be like that. So give up the old, put it to death, and let the new take root in your life, right? That's discipleship. He calls us to do that, and when we come together, he calls us to have the word of God front and center so that we, it's like a filter. We all walk through, we talk through, we, we interact through. It's what he said and he's about. And so this morning we're talking about this work. And so we need to know that the work is, is talked about in scripture, right? So I want you to close your eyes and I'm gonna be reading several scriptures and I want you to be listening for the voice of the spirit speaking to you about which part of these you need to be paying attention to, okay? These, it, it may not be every one of them. And if he highlights something, man, take some time. You know, if you got a pen or something or if you got your phone, Write it down, text it, you know, get yourself a note or something, but do something to remind you this is where the spirit was highlighting. I need to maybe go back and spend some time with them. Let him shape me in this thing because this is the work. Okay, we're not gonna do any good if we go out looking more like ourselves and less like Jesus, right? We're gonna look, we're gonna, make, we're gonna do the work of the kingdom when we look more like Jesus. We look less like kind of the brokenness we come from, okay? Close your eyes. This is the word of God. Hear it. Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. That word means like poem, creation. This We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. These aren't works that we make up. So what is the spirit saying to you in that? Is that a scripture for you? Is that something you needed to be reminded of? Galatians 6, 9. Let us then not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap a harvest if we don't grow weary. Is that an encouragement you needed? Maybe you're tired. You're tired of doing this work stuff. You're tired of following Jesus. You're tired and you keep showing up and you feel like we're not making. He says, yeah, don't grow weary because the harvest is coming. Like the farmer knows when he plants the seed, the harvest is coming. And Jesus has planted the seed. Titus 3, 5 through 8. Listen to this one. This is important. <laughs> he saved us not on the basis of our works, which we had done in our righteousness, 
but he saved us according to his mercy by the washing of the regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit who he poured out upon us richly through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And then Paul says, and this is this what I just said, all that, that is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God about these things will devote themselves to engaging in God's good work. It's been done for us. It's settled, not based on our works, right? Is that a word you needed? We are saved not because of our works or our failures. We are saved because of the grace of God, but we are saved to do those works that Ephesians talked about. Romans 12, one and two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And finally, Hebrews 3, 13. Listen to this. So encourage one another. Day after day. Do you remember that phrase in Acts? Day after day, they went to the temple. Day after day, house after house, they were going to each other's homes. Day after day, they encourage each other. Day after day. As long as it's still called, to, as long as it's still called today. When we get to tomorrow, you can quit so that none of your hearts will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. To quit doing what? To quit doing the work. Can we do that? Was that word for you? I want you to take a moment and just think, what was this Holy Spirit highlighting in that series of of scriptures? Maybe it was, I need to be encouraged to not give up. Maybe it was, I need to realize I've been called into a work. Maybe it was, man, I need to be encouraging those around me to keep at it. Because I know some people, they're, they're, they're getting tired. Maybe it was, you know what, it, it's my, I need, to, I need to focus in. I need God to be renewing my mind, renewing my heart. I need to get good at this stuff. Because that's who I am. That's who he's called me to be. As we were, as I was reading that, as you were having this conversation, how many of you guys were hearing the Holy Spirit speak? Just nudge. Did you guys hear him? Did you, was there something he was highlighting? Yeah? Because that's what he does. That's discipleship. That is the beginnings of just being able to listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you and wants to change your heart and your your thinking, and then, as a result, change your life and what you give yourself to and what you value, what work you do, because he, he created us for good works, the works of God. Amen? Okay, we're gonna keep moving. Sorry, guys, fellowship. Fellowship, now, fellowship can take many kind of different uh, forms, right? The Greek word 
up here, koinonia, literally means sharing, having all things in common. It's a very gritty, real world word. I mean, it's not, yeah, we fellowship, we sit around and talk about football and have coffee and stuff. No, it's somebody has a need and it gets met because we have fellowship. It means that somebody's, somebody's being kind of uh, spiritually attacked and we gather around them and pray because we have fellowship, right? It's very real life. And so fellowship, fellowship takes many forms. You can, you know, in our, in, we've been trying to get like C3 groups going so that we can be connected with one another and have places where we can share our lives together. I'd encourage you guys, I don't care if we have C3 groups or not, just start inviting each other over to each other's homes so that day after day, you're finding that these raucous parties are erupting in the houses because you're just all worshiping God because of how awesome he is as you're sharing your life together. I don't care. If that's how it looks here, we can do that. But fellowship is a very real work. It's a work. It takes work, doesn't it? When, and, and think about this. If you have your family over, well, even if you have your family over, if you have good friends over, sometimes they just drop by, right? And they get to see the house, how it is. But then when you have you know, formal friends over, you gotta fix everything up. And that's, that's a real pain, isn't it? I mean, that, that can be a lot of work. We need to learn something maybe a little bit more towards that informal thing because otherwise we're not gonna do it. We need to just start making sure that we get together and figure out how to do this thing called shared life. Um, one of the things that happens behind fellowship, no matter what you do, whether you're sharing life, whether you're sharing a meal, whether you're going out to coffee, whether you just, one thing that makes it fellowship is that your intention in that interaction is to bless the other person's life. That is what, if, if you're just getting together talking about stuff, if, you're not, if your intention isn't to bless their life, that's not fellowship. When God interacts with us, it is intended to bless us. And when he invites us into his fellowship, it's so that we would learn to have that same heart towards each other. And so one of the things we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna take the words from the Old Testament. There was a blessing that was given to the people of God in the Old Testament in Numbers 6, 24 to 26. You guys know these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, right? That's a basic blessing. But that should be the kind of heart that is behind every interaction you have and that we have with one another. That the Lord would, this is, this is a blessing. I, I want you guys, I wanna give you again, because I've done this before, but I want to give you kind of a framework about what this is getting at, right? Because God said, I want this blessing spoken over my people, but this is about the triune God. It says, the Lord God bless you and keep you. Think of that as God the Father. God the Father is the one who prospers you and protects you. That is his whole thing. His his whole heart is to bless us and to keep us. But then the Lord also, he makes his face visible to us through Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, he also gives us grace, doesn't he? Fullness of his grace. But then the Lord also, he comes and he lifts up that face so that when people see our lives, they don't just see us, they see him. He sets his countenance upon us. And he establishes not just in our own peace, but so that peace would be the very currency of what we share and give to this world, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face visible to you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up that face upon you. 
and establish you in peace. That's, that's an that's a earth shaker. I don't know if you know it. You guys, if we just speak words, that doesn't mean anything. But you've been, <laughs> you've been born anew. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You've been authorized in the name of Jesus to bless the lives of each other and to bless others in this room. That's part of fellowship. When we share with each other, it's so that our lives might be blessed, that God might bless and keep. That his, when, we, when we share and encourage one another, it's so that Jesus might be seen and known and that grace might be given. When we, when we come alongside each other and we encourage each other and just kind of affirm one another, saying, no, the Holy Spirit, I see him. I see him at work in you. I see Jesus, and sure, there's always work for us to do, but it's happening. And you've been called to make peace, not just know it, make peace in this world. Amen? So I want you guys to stand up a second. You who are online, you guys can join us too if you're watching, because you can get on the chat, and you can do this with each other, or turn to somebody in the room. I want you to find somebody that you may not normally be with. You, you can turn to a spouse if you want to. But I want you to maybe push yourself a little bit outside of, you know, or, or a good friend or, you know, somebody that's sitting next to you that you know really. But you may go outside your comfort zone. Let's, be, let's do the work of being the church. And I want you to just go and just pray this prayer of blessing over someone. Can you do that? Okay, you guys, when we learn to bless one another, when we learn what fellowship is, one of the things we learn and that we need to learn, is that there should be no one, no one left out, ever. God, God's intention is to bless every one of us. Amen? Amen? You guys, that simple blessing has enormous power, especially when, by faith, the faith that you've been called to be the children of God and the people of God doing the business of the kingdom of God, when you know that and you speak those words over someone you don't have to be a pastor, a priest. You're the people of God. You're the church, the ecclesia of God. And this is what he has called us to be and do. Amen? Okay, we're gonna stay standing because um, we're also gonna talk about, not talk about, but we're gonna enter into worship. You guys, worship is when we give God the honor and the thanks and the blessing that he is due, Right? That's worship. And worship is when we, in the spirit, worship in the spirit is when we keep giving God that honor until the spirit says, we're done, right? It's not just that we say, okay, uh, there's no songs for, you know, words for me to sing. It's that those words are just there to give voice to what your heart is crying out to God and what he is worthy of. It's to prompt you. And so if we hit these gaps, there should be. And there are, you know, there's some people that, you know, they're more comfortable with this. And you can do this under your breath or whatever, but you continue to praise God because he's worthy, not because the song is going on, right? We continue to praise God. And there are some churches you go to and they go and you go, wow, they sang a long time. No, they didn't. I'm guessing that they probably just entered worship and they didn't feel released from you know, leaving it until they were done. Because we do the work, the work of bringing God. We live in a world that robs God of his glory. That's why we need to pray that prayer. God, your, your name, your kingdom, your will. 
We are surrounded by a world that blasphemes his name. We, we sometimes, we, we cause it. So when we come together, washed by the blood of Jesus and called to this work, we say, God, we wanna give you the praise that you deserve. And if it means that I, I raise my hands because I cannot contain that I just want to lift it to you, then I do that. If it means that I kneel down and I say, God, I can barely even just, I can't even look at you because of the glory, I bow down. If I need to be silent, if I weep, if I sing, whatever I do, it is to do the work of giving him the honor and the glory and the thanks and the praise he deserves, amen? You guys, when we come to this place, we don't come unready, We come ready to do the work of praise and of worship and of prayer and of fellowship and of discipleship because that's who we are. We're the church. Amen? You guys, there are places in this world that when they start praying, it starts getting really loud and raucous. There are also places in this world that when they praise, they don't stop till they feel like God says, you know, that's good, right? Sometimes we just kind of get to the end of our song and we're going, I guess we're done now. Right? Or we get to a break and we go, well, there's no words, so I don't know what to do. We do the work. We need to learn how to do the work of worship. Because it says when we join with heaven and worship, when worship happens, even heaven's thresholds, they shake. And those things that can be shaken, they shake. And mountains fall and, and valleys are lifted up. And God's salvation is brought in. <laughs> That's what the church does. Amen? Okay, one more part. That's gonna be your blessing because God, you know, when the people of God get together, you can't get to know this God and not know that he is sending us like he came to embed himself in in our lives so that we might know his salvation. And he is sending you in the same way to do good, to make him known, to show the power of the kingdom to speak with the authority that you have to bring the love of Christ and the salvation of Jesus. Amen? Okay, we have those who are available. If you need prayer this morning, don't pass up the opportunity to have others pray for you. You can turn to anyone in this room, but we also have those who are officially up in front ready to pray. Those who are online ready to pray. So um, take advantage of that. But we're gonna go out. I'm gonna leave you with just with this blessing. Come from the book of Ephesians, the end of the third chapter. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. You just can't get enough of these big, huge words. Far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the ecclesia in the church, and in Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen.